You're listening to Comedy Central. Yo, does anybody understand how weather actually works? Because this thing seems like a scam, man. Like, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy series, but it seems like a scam, man. It's winter, and then it's hot all of a sudden, but just like for two days. Who does that? Why they do that to us, man? Especially when you live in New York, because in New York, you have to put your clothes, like you don't have enough space to just keep your full closet, which is a thing I didn't know when I came from South Africa. In South Africa, we're ready for anything all the time. In New York, they're like, did you put away your winter clothes? What, am I a bear? (laughs) Coming to you from the heart of Times Square in New York City, the only city in America. It's The Daily Show, ears edition. Tonight, drilling down on drill rap. Klepper in Canada. And Janixa Bravo. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. We kick things off with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which by the time you watch this has either started already, is about to start any minutes, or was never going to start at all. And one reason no one seems to know exactly what is going to happen is that Russia is playing all sorts of mind games. As Russia claims it is pulling back troops from Ukraine's border, a senior Biden administration official accuses Russia of lying and of moving troops around while adding 7,000 to the some 150,000 troops already near Ukraine's borders. Britain's military intelligence chief in a rare statement said there have been sightings of additional armored vehicles helicopters and a field hospital moving toward Ukraine's borders. There are now questions this morning about why Russia would claim to de-escalate while apparently not doing it. Propaganda, a play to create confusion, or deliberate misdirection to hide an attack. They have not moved any of their troops out. They've moved more troops in. Number one, every indication we have is they're prepared to go into Ukraine, attack Ukraine. Okay, okay, wait, 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 people, people, people. Can I ask you a question? Why is America's president always answering questions in front of a helicopter? Like, is there not a better solution to this? And it's not just Biden, like Trump the whole time. What we gotta be doing as we go? And then Biden, we're trying to like turn the helicopter off until he gets on. You're wasting fuel. And do you know how much gas is right now, Joe Byron? You're also saying important things. You don't want people to mishear what you say. Imagine if I was like, hey guys, hey guys, as Trevor Noah, I've discovered something that will solve all of the world's problems. What we need to do is, and that's what'll solve the world. But yes, America's accusing Russia of lying about pulling troops back from Ukraine while actually still preparing to invade it. And I'm not gonna lie, guys, it wouldn't be a surprise if Russia is being sneaky. I mean, this is the same country that hides dolls inside bigger dolls. You know how sick you have to be to do that? You think you found the final, you think that it's like a doll. Oh, I'm so happy. And then he's like, it's another doll. Was I happy enough? Now I feel bad. I didn't show the gratitude to the person. I didn't know it was two dolls. It's three dolls. I didn't show three dolls gratitude. It's four dolls. Then I'm like, how many dolls? Then I break the last one because I thought there was another one inside. Now I broke my toy. But Russia insists that they're putting the troops back. That's what they say. Even though all the satellite evidence shows that they're adding even more troops to the border. And people are saying that what Putin is doing here is really disingenuous, but can I be honest with you? I really actually understand this move. In fact, anyone who's ever played Call of Duty knows what this move is all about, right? Your mom calls you down for dinner, and what do you do? Yeah, I'm coming, mom! 
I'm just wrapping up a mission. I'll be right there. All right, guys, let's go again. This time, stop messing around on the buy station, Nick. Come on! But America is certain, they are certain that Russia is still planning to invade. In fact, today, the U.S. Secretary of State even said that what Russia might do to justify an invasion is launch fake or even real chemical weapons at themselves and then blame it on Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, first of all, uh, spoilers, hello. And secondly, can you imagine that staging a chemical attack on yourself to justify your invasion? That's pretty messed up. Especially for the Russian soldiers who have to carry out the mission. So we launched this on ourselves, but this is fake, yes? Yeah, we will find out when bomb explode. Ah, mystery, excitement. And you know, people, as erratic as the Russians' actions might seem, you understand what they're doing right now, right? They're playing chess. This is literally what chess is all about. Oh, I'm moving forward. Oh, I'm moving backwards. Oh, I'm attacking. No, I'm not. The horse is going this way. Then it turns. This is what Russia's doing. This is literally it. And the Russians love playing chess. They've been designed for this moment. Meanwhile, the rest of us, we don't play chess anymore. We love dumb games now. We're like, oh, I need a five-letter word that ends in D-E. Plate? No. All right, let's move on from a country that's trying to take over the world to a dictatorship that already runs the world. Disney. The magical company is known around the world for its amusement parks, its movies, and for having the fanciest rats. But now, they're apparently moving into real estate. You see, yesterday, Disney announced that it will be building planned communities where residents can be, quote, part of Disney all the time. Which, I guess, means you have to wait in line for three hours to use your own bathroom. And look, guys, as much as I'm for decriminalizing drugs, I don't know if we should encourage people to take them at work. Because this sounds like an idea that was inspired by uh, something extra, if you know what I mean. Like, what if the whole world was Disney all the time? Like, just all the time. Oh, I love this guy. He's so, he's so great. I love it. Disney, all the time. Oh, man, I'm so f***ed up right now. Oh, oh. And now, look, don't get me wrong. I love Disney, by the way. I personally love Disney. I love Disneyland. I love Disney World. But I think the Disney experience will lose its magic if you relive it every day. You can't do Disney every day. I mean, like, I don't want to pretend I'm a make-a-wish kid to cut lines every day. You got to do that, like, twice a year max, you know? Special occasions. And by the way, if you think this idea sounds creepy, of just, like, living in Disney all the time, wait until you see the promo video that they released. These vibrant communities will be infused with Disney placemaking. Picture an energetic community with the warmth and charm of a small town and the beauty of a resort. A place that entices inspiration and makes every moment more memorable than the last. A story living by Disney community is something truly special. Communities infused with Disney placemaking. Am I the only one who thinks that sounds like a cult? I'm not saying it is a cult. You saw how it looked and how it sounded. It feels like a cult, you know? I'm not saying it is a cult. I'm just saying it feels like a cult. Yeah. Like, if you decide to live there, don't be surprised if you get home one day and it ends with Goofy banging your wife. <laughs> I mean, even if it's not a cult, I don't trust it. You know, a perfect community that just feels like an ideal small town. I saw WandaVision Disney. You're not fooling me. I know how this shit ends. 
And by the way, by the way, this isn't the first time that Disney has tried to invent a town that people live in, right? Back in the 90s, Disney built a community in Florida called Celebration that also had a lot of hype at first. And then a few years later, did so badly that they had to offload it to a private equity firm. I mean, so what does Disney think? They think they can just rehash the same idea with a modern spin and then people will throw money at it? It'll never work. It's just not gonna work. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. And our top story is about rap, the thing your 50-year-old cousin still thinks he has a shot at. Rap has been around for decades. And it's gotten so mainstream, it's now even part of the Super Bowl halftime show. But now, there's a new style of rap that's blowing up. And it's gotten to the point where the mayor of New York is so concerned that he's trying to rein it in. Mayor Eric Adams is trying to curb the violence associated with drill rap. Now, that's a branch of rap music that is about the violent side of the streets. I had no idea what drill rapping was, but I called my son and he sent me some videos and it is alarming. Drill rap came under renewed scrutiny after 18-year-old artist Jaquan McKinley's murder earlier this month. Adams made national headlines late Friday when he called out social media companies for their responsibility in promoting violence in drill rap videos, and he vowed to put a plan in motion. We pulled Trump off Twitter because of what he was spewing, yet we are allowing uh, uh, music displaying of guns, violence. We're allowing it to stay uh, on these sites. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. It is not fair to compare President Trump to rappers, all right? Rappers are all about dissing their haters and banging porn stars and bragging about how rich they are even when they're secretly broke. Does that sound like Donald Trump to you? You show some respect. And yeah, once again, Social media companies are in the crosshairs because, (laughs) you know, these days they're getting pressure to take a lot down, right? COVID misinformation, election misinformation, hate speech, bullying. They can't keep up. I mean, soon the only thing that's gonna be left on social media is just gonna be cat photos and things your grandpa accidentally tweeted while trying to Google, where did Jeannie and I have our first date? But the real question is, what is drill rap? And why is it even scaring the mayor of New York? Well, let's find out in another installment of If You Don't Know, Now You Know. Rap music, AKA hippity hop. It's a music form that tackles every topic. You know, it talks about relationships, talks about money, social issues, life on the streets, bawling. It can even talk about the relative moisture content of vaginas, but it can also celebrate gang violence. And that's what has some people worried about drill rap. The hard-driving beats and dark, ominous sound of drill originated in Chicago. It was also heavily gang-affiliated. It got a new life in Brooklyn and was brought into the mainstream by the late Pop Smoke. Drill music has been around for more than a decade, but local activists tell us what's different is that the music now has a darker tone, with drill rappers creating songs and viral dances that celebrate local murders. Leaky got shot. 
What the hell? Fast face hot on gang. Corbin got kidnapped. They found his bones. He was right. More than the music itself, NYPD says it's the taunting and dissing in the lyrics that are wrapped and posted on social media that fuel the violence. It's dissing people that passed. It's dissing people family members. It's dissing people homies. And when that happens, they homies, they family members, and they peoples is going to retaliate. And it's just a never-ending cycle. Yeah, that's right. A lot of the lyrics in Drill Rap aren't just about street life and violence in general. No, they're attacks on specific people in rival gangs, and especially taunting people who were already murdered. Which, if you ask me, is way over the line, people. Like, what are you trying to prove at that point? The person is dead. Why you gotta make songs dissing a dead person? It's not like God's up in heaven like, we were gonna let you in, but little Trey bodied you so hard on that track, you gotta go to hell. <laughs> no busters allowed through the pearly gates. Oh, <laughs> they roasted you, kid. And look, I, I'm not a rapper, you know, until my mixtape blows up. But if you ask me, a good diss track doesn't need to call for someone's murder. It doesn't need that. In fact, in my opinion, I think the best diss tracks don't even mention the names at all. Yeah. Look at Taylor Swift. All she said was that someone stole her scarf and it ruined Jake Gyllenhaal's life. Yeah, that dude wishes he was just shot in the street. But drill rappers getting renewed scrutiny right now because two drill rappers were murdered in New York just this month. And as you can see, the backlash has been widespread, right? From Eric Adams, to the police, to local community leaders on the ground, even some of New York's biggest hip hop DJs, people who love drill music, by the way, have said that they're gonna stop playing explicit diss tracks because they don't wanna encourage any more violence. And look, you can totally understand where all of these people are coming from, right? They feel like the rap is making the street more dangerous. But don't forget, don't forget, this is an argument that we've heard about rap music for decades. Gangster rap has become incredibly popular and profitable by selling lyrics about black-on-black violence. Now that some of its stars stand accused of doing what they've been rapping about, life seems to be imitating art, so to speak. And the critics are coming out in force. Some radio stations have refused to play the most controversial rap records. In the wake of the Rodney King verdict and the civil unrest in Los Angeles, some police officers across the country now say they're feeling threatened by the lyrics of a rap song. Radio stations such as KACE in Los Angeles and WBLS in New York announced they would no longer play songs they considered negative. You have the right of free speech in this country, but you don't have the right to yell fire in a crowded theater. They're yelling, shoot, in a community that is crowded with guns. They don't seem to see any connection between the kind of music which they sell for profit uh, and the kinds of problems we have in American society. Rap opponents say they're fighting to save a generation. It won't be easy. Last night at the Billboard Music Awards in Hollywood, one of the most foul-mouthed rappers, Dr. Dre, was upheld as one of the best artists of the year. Oh, that foul-mouthed Dr. Dre! What a disgrace! I, for one, will never buy mid-range headphones from that man. But yeah, back in the 90s, people were saying all the same things about rap music that they're saying now about drill rap music. And you find in another 30 years, they'll be saying the same thing about whatever rap is then. These crypto rappers are out of control. We don't feel safe in our own metaverse anymore. And look, please don't get me wrong, please don't get me wrong. I am not saying the backlash against drill rap is exactly the same situation as the 90s. I'm not saying that. In fact, this week, Eric Adams, actually sat down with a group of drill rappers to hear their side of the story, which is definitely not something that was happening a lot back then. 
You know, like Rudy Giuliani never sat down for a meeting with Tupac. And if he did, it was only because he was trying to find dirt on Hunter Biden. But still, the fact that we've been down this road before probably should be a reason to pause. Just pause before condemning an entire genre. Because a lot of the people that think drill rap is the cause of this violence don't realize that if you ask people in the drill rap community, they say, no, it's not the cause of the violence, it's actually the other way around. How are we taking a genre of music and saying, this is the problem in the community? How the f is that the problem? That's, yo, that's music. It's a problem that already existed before they had this genre of music. The music is the expression for trauma. They're rapping about their reality mm. and they need to understand that if, for example, they were to ban drill music, is violence gonna stop? It's not. So we're seeing it as they're using it as a scapegoat. The community is like, it's, 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 it's like, there's no hope, there's no opportunities, no. We're just making music so we can get out of these places. The lyrics are a manifestation of what is already happening, right? They are actually living their reality, right? So if their reality was different, then they would rap about different things. Yeah, you see, from their perspective, people upset about violence in rap music are focusing on the symptom instead of the root cause. Because you want to ban drill rap, but you don't want to ban income inequality. You want to ban drill rap, but you don't want to ban mass incarceration. You want to ban drill rap, but you don't want to ban failing schools. You want to ban drill rap, but you don't want to ban the things that lead to drill rap. And look, this isn't even unique to this issue, right? Like, attacking the symptom instead of the cause is as American as arming teachers. But just cracking down on drill rappers won't stop anything. They'll just find another way to express themselves, right? You're gonna end up creating a generation of drill podcasters. When I'm putting my enemies to sleep, I always do it on a Casper mattress. The point is, drill rappers are like any other artist. Their art is going to be an expression of what's around them. If you wanna stop the music, don't emulate the same mistakes America has been making for 30 years. Emulate policies from a country that isn't producing drill rap. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to start a beef, but there's a reason that the Scandinavian drill scene ain't shit. And yeah, I'm talking to you, Finland. What you gonna do, give me free healthcare? Shit. And look, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong to stop some of these songs from spreading on radio or on social media. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, that that can't be the only solution. And who knows, who knows? Maybe if you actually fix the issues in these communities, then maybe, just maybe, the rap music that comes out of them could sound a whole lot different. You already know what it is. It's your boy DJ Systemic Change. My neighborhood good, the road smooth, the system working exactly how it's supposed to. I got no beef, nothing to complain about. Let's go. Started my job so I got a suit. Close to the crib so I short commute. Good funded, no potholes on the route. After school program to mental youth. Schools were funded too, so they learning the science and math. My kid been learning piano and flute. My neighborhood good, ain't no need to uproot. None of these boys wanna shoot at me. Why? Too many job opportunities. Hey. Dropping their cash on a home. How? Got free approved for a loan. Hey. Best education a man can get. Hey. For your degree, not a dime of debt. Free. Don't have to worry about felonies. Nope. I'm at home buying affinities. The neighborhood sunny and everything's good when the police be seeing me. They be pulling me over and they be coming up and they capping me. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I really have no complaints. It's a wonderful neighborhood. I got a great home. I got a guy you could call. We could, you know, get you a good realtor. 
All right, when we come back, what the hell is going on in Canada? Well, we sent Jordan Klepper to find out. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. By now, you've heard about the massive truck driver protests in Canada that have shut down major parts of the supply chain. But what exactly is it that these protesters want? Well, to find out, we sent Jordan Klepper up to Canada to ask them personally for an international episode of Jordan Klepper, Fingers the Pulse. Weeks ago, north of the border, a new kind of protest emerged. The trucker convoy has arrived in Ottawa. This city in the downtown core remains gridlocked. Some residents here say that they really can take no more. So I traveled to Ottawa, expecting to find some Canada nice. But their messaging was a bit more coarse. These trucks shut down businesses and made roads impassable. Can I go, can I go around here? How do I, how do I get around? But how long were the protesters planning to paralyze Canada's eighth best city? David, how long have you been here? I've been here since day one. Holding down the fort. Pretty much, I'm not going anywhere. I'm coming in from New York. I go by Brooklyn's kindest on the CB. There you go. We were able to stay here up to two years. You're, you're committed to be, being here for two years? Yeah, because two years is nothing. How are you gonna keep up the energy to be here for two no, years? That's not a problem, people will bring it. Stimulants? No, the people will bring it. I smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. But that's just to calm me down and keep me and keep me centered. Are you worried at all with weed paranoia that no. might creep in? No. 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 Okay. Do, you, do you think the government is coming for you? Oh yeah, constantly. They they do like night night uh, little tactics. They try to like, they, they move around, they move in, they add more. Are you paranoid? No. Sure. What, what kind of stuff do you haul? I haul everything. In 2020, I hauled from food to building supplies to medical supplies. You have my end table that I ordered from Wayfair like three weeks ago. It's probably up sitting either in Montreal or Toronto or on the border. It's, it would really look great in my apartment. So what exactly was the point of interrupting the supply chain? So what is this all about? You know what? Sorry. What is this all about? This is about our freedoms. Could you be any more generic? You know, if you are vaccinated, you get to do certain things. If you're not vaccinated, you don't. I don't think people should be divided. We should all be together, united. We're setting up essentially a truck barrier to keep everybody together so they can be united. Yes. yes gotcha. Exactly. Yeah, we might as well lock them in. It's sort of yep. like a parent who locks the door and says, That's you guys are in here until the listen. water runs out, you become friends or democracy crumbles. Yes. And if you're not vaccinated, you're literally a second class citizen in this country. I can't go to the restaurant. I can't go play hockey. I can't go watch the Ottawa Senators. We don't live in Germany. We don't live in Nazi Germany. Those days are over. Just show me your papers don't happen anymore. That's a freedom that everyone should have. Is the Germany comparison a stretch here in Canada? No. Are you afraid of cultural appropriation? Probably. American cultural appropriation, because we use the German excuse all yeah. the time. Oddly enough, that wasn't the only thing Canadians were appropriating. Yeah, I, I hate to use that slogan, but... Uh, I don't know if Make you... North America great again. The Make North America great again, and I don't mean to use that guy's word, but it's true. To be honest, it wasn't even his. He stole it from another guy oh, before him. I see the uh, the Q army on your hat. Is, is, is it Q, the American thing, trying to find JFK Jr.? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. What Q shit is going down here? Q? No, Q is a, more a USA. Oh, so this is like a Yankees hat. Ah, exactly. 
Okay, the Q thing might just be a fashion choice, but they're definitely reading the same internet as many Americans. And it's more than just a vaccine passport and stuff. What else? The Agenda 2030 is a good start. What's Agenda 2030? It's where the world's head towards one government. They want to sterilize us so that only certain people can have kids. Really? You're afraid the government will sterilize you? Probably not me, but down the line, yeah. But in two weeks of the cab of a truck pissing in a Mountain Dew can, <laughs> can't be too good for the sperm production. Probably sterilize so what's the difference? <laughs> so Margaret Atwood audiobooks are apparently a thing with Canadian truckers. And while shutting down a city seems to have many obvious downsides. Hey, excuse me. Hey. Hi. Yeah. Have you seen a Prius around here? Some see an opportunity coming from literal gridlock. The truckers are bringing in customers. They're bringing in tourists from Montreal, from all across Canada. Everybody wants to check this out. This is essentially a tourist boom for Ottawa right now. You can feel the tourism in the air, right? You can smell it. It smells like amphetamines and uh, drifter blood. Definitely. The flood of 18-wheeler driving tourists and their Canadian AF outfits created legitimate tension with residents of the city. No one wants you here! The downtown was shut, and there was palpable anger directed at local media. CTV News is lying. They're still lying, guys. They're still lying. And even at The Daily Show. We've been walking around here. Uh, there seems to be a, a real distrust of media here. Oh, for sure. It's a lot of cameras up in your face, cameras on cameras. On... And while Canadian authorities have finally enacted emergency measures to try to clear the convoy, so far the trucks are still there. And a well-funded, never-ending street party infused with misinformation and nationalism feels remarkably possible in our own land of the free. Where does this movement go from here? I believe it's going to be worldwide. It's going to come to America? Yes, definitely. You think this is inspiring the dickheads in America? Pardon me? This is inspiring the dickheads in America? It's inspiring people, people of America, mm -hmm. to join together to stand for freedom. Okay, if they do come to America, then maybe I'll finally get my f***ing end table. Thank you so much for that, Jordan. All right, when we come back, I'll be talking to filmmaker Janixa Bravo about turning a tweet thread into a movie. So don't go away. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is writer and director Janixa Bravo. She's here to talk about how she transformed a viral Twitter thread about a crazy road trip to Florida into one of the movies that everyone has wanted to watch. Worst road trip ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good one, yes. It, it really isn't, but it makes for a fantastic story. Janixa Bravo, welcome to The Daily Show. Thank you for having me. Um, you have done something that nobody has done before. You turned a viral Twitter thread into a movie. And not just like a movie. I mean, this is a full-on Hollywood movie nominated for multiple awards. Congratulations, you know, just, it's like fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody loves the story. We read Twitter threads all the time, right? We see tweets that go viral, we see moments, but it's very seldom that you think to yourself, this could be turned into a movie and turned into a movie well. What made you think that you could turn a story of a stripper meeting up with a friend of hers as a stripper going down to Florida and turning into one of the craziest nights and weeks of their lives. How did you think to yourself, no, I can turn this into a movie? Did you read the original thread? Yeah, I did. It's incredible. I mean, it's so electric, so radical, 
super stressful, very funny. So it was written in 2015 mm -hmm. by Asia King. And I read it the day it came out. I'm not on Twitter. I wasn't then. I'm not now. Lucky me. Oh, I know. Very lucky. I know. Very lucky it's you. great. It's a good way to do it. If you and want to hate yourself, you should join. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually don't need Twitter to do that. Oh, I have wow. my own brain. Uh, but so I read it the day it came out, and it was just unlike anything. I mean, every line, if it isn't, if there isn't a deep, incredible joke embedded inside of it, there is also just the way she strung text and words together, it was visual and, and I already said it was stressful and that's kind of my area. I'm a, I would say my umbrella is stressful comedy. I mean, if you said to anybody, hey, would you like to watch this movie that's like about sex trafficking and, you know, women being exploited and, but it's gonna be a comedy. People will be like, I'm sorry, do you understand what comedy means? And yet it feels like comedy is the only way that you could have processed the story, not just you as the director, but Asia herself writing the story of what happened to her. Because w when we were reading the tweets, I remember laughing, but going, this is, this is ridiculous. No, it's incredibly bleak. I mean, I just, hats off to her for using Twitter as a platform to exorcise what was, you started by saying this didn't seem like a great road trip. Right. I called her today and checked in and said, what do you feel hasn't been said about the film uh, after having spent the last five years talking about it and also for her living with it. And she said that what she hadn't all the way kind of um, maybe process is that the film allowed her to close that chapter. This I like see. Okay. sort of nightmare in which her agency was being robbed of her. Mm -hmm. And I loved being on the receiving end of that because that's all I wanted. I wanted to protect her, but I also wanted to be able to potentially offer some kind of solace for some other woman out there that might find themselves in this situation. You know, the opportunity to feel less alone, to feel her to feel considered to feel that there is value in their life and that you know they're worth it yes and i think we got to do that i, I think you did that and more when you when you're di directing a film that is based on a true story you know something that is wild as this because when you watch this this is like like real life of what the hangover was sort of trying to do <laughs> if that makes sense you know oh i like that yeah if you think about yes. it you like the hangover's like what's the craziest thing that could happen on a trip and it's like, no and this was real life this is happening guns are being pulled on people here you have two strippers one who's like wait i didn't sign up for this wait what's happening now now there's sex now there's drugs now there's <laughs> Wait, what is going on here? Do you know there are no drugs? There are no drugs? The world is drug free. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that it feels like there are drugs because the experience um, Wait, is Wait, all so... those people are, there's you tell no... me they're sober? The world is sober. It's not to say that the real story was sober, but okay, okay. in the thread, she never mentions drugs. So the characters are eating candy primarily, and if they're drinking, they're either drinking cranberry juice or Red Bull. So they're dehydrated, and they're having like these sort of candy rushes oh, and headaches. Wow. Like, I always assumed there was just like drugs no, everywhere. No. But I Man. think we bring that to the table, right? Yeah, I think yeah, we're bringing we're bringing drugs, and the in the film itself, they don't go all the way to sort of like the nth degree, mm -hmm. but it's just enough information so that we as watchers we start to fill in those blanks and we make it worse, right? We do, we do make it worse. Um, before I let you go, I'd love to know what you're looking forward to doing. You know, you you you've lived 
such an interesting life in terms of your journey, you know, starting off in costuming and, and, and styling and then moving up into the ranks of being a really respected director with its directing shows like Atlanta, for instance, and, and a movie that's being nominated for all of these awards. Where do you see yourself? Where do you want to go? What, what stories do you want to try and tell now that you're in the space of being a director? Very good question. So the next thing that I'm working on right in this moment, the other reason I'm in New York is I am working with the, Constitu the Costume Institute. I'm working with the Met for this year's uh, gala. Oh, wow, uh, okay. Which is a bit of, you know, I used to be a costume designer, like you said. I used to also be a production designer. So it's pulling from that part of my life and being able to tell a story through clothing, through inanimate objects. There's sort of these life-size dioramas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say it's sort of long-term, the arc. I just hope to keep getting to do this. And, and any opportunity or any chance to kind of put myself out there makes me feel like I, the thing I believed about myself is true, right? I do, I do have value, I am worthwhile. And that I hope for you know, the directors who come behind me or come after me, I hope that it allows them this, that it either makes the road a little bit easier for them or it tells them that there's some possibility or some chance. I think you're gonna do that and uh, a whole lot more. Thank you so much for joining thank me on the show. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on a great film. Thank you, thank you. All right, everybody, don't forget, Zola is currently streaming on Showtime and it is available to rent or buy wherever you get your movies. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. I still can't believe there were no drugs. <laughs> well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, please consider supporting Change Today change tomorrow. They're an organization led by black women that helps black and underserved communities in Louisville with free grocery delivery programs, community garden development, food pantries, free COVID and HIV AIDS testing, and so much more. If you want to support them in their work, then please donate at the link below. Until next time, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, live every day like Russia may invade, because they might. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.